Tracking the trials, the two cases we're following at the Travis County Courthouse today. And just as chilly as yesterday afternoon and tonight even colder than last night. Your first warning forecast is coming up. And the first civilians in the Israel-Hamas war cross into Egypt, plus the American student charged for making anti-Semitic threats. An Austin woman and an Austin police officer both standing trial for murder. Caitlin Armstrong is accused of killing pro-cyclist Mariah Wilson last year. And in a separate case, officer Christopher Taylor is accused of killing Mike Ramos during a confrontation with police in 2020. Now KXAN is covering both of these trials extensively. Our Brianna Hollis and Grace Reeder are both at the Travis County Courthouse for the first day of Armstrong's trial and also the eighth day of Officer Taylor's trial. We'll begin with Brianna and the trial of Caitlin Armstrong. Brie. Well, the day started off with intense testimony. Wilson's brother, Matt, spoke to her personality. Caitlin Cash also took the stand. She's the friend Wilson stayed with while she was in town. This is where it gets very emotional. She spoke about finding Wilson on the floor covered in blood. Police and medics who responded that night also testified. While we can't show testimony, we could record opening statements where the state laid out a timeline of evidence, and the defense asserted nothing beyond a reasonable doubt places Armstrong at the murder scene. The last thing Mo did on this earth was scream in terror. While the state painted a picture of Mo Wilson's last moments, it is your opinion of the evidence that we are here for. Armstrong's attorneys say the state's evidence is not definite enough to pin Wilson's murder on Armstrong. That not one witness saw Caitlin Armstrong allegedly this the state spent about an hour outlining the relationship between Armstrong, her then boyfriend Colin Strickland, and Mo Wilson. Prosecutors say Armstrong and Strickland were on and off, and Wilson and Strickland casually dated during one of those breaks and hung out the day of Wilson's death. The state says Armstrong had access to messages between Wilson and Strickland on other devices and tracked Wilson on a cycling social media app. Looked up Mo Armstrong Different times. This is the day before Mo was killed. And you didn't hear about any camera footage showing Caitlin Armstrong at the scene of this shooting. Armstrong's case quickly attracted the public's interest, with people across the country closely following her every move. Wednesday's opening statements, a culmination of a murder investigation, a fugitive search, and an attempted escape. Three days after Wilson's death, surveillance cameras captured her flying out of Austin Bergstrom. Police issued a murder warrant three days later. But Armstrong would eventually make her way to Costa Rica, where U.S. Marshals captured her at the end of June. And that wouldn't be her only attempt to get away. Just three weeks ago, she tried to run away from corrections officers after a doctor's appointment, but the COs caught up to her in 10 minutes. The state ended its opening statements by talking about this escape and Armstrong going to Costa Rica. While in Costa Rica, she has plastic surgery. The Kate is passionate about traveling. She's passionate about yoga. She was totally comfortable <coughs> traveling to far off locations that intrigued her at the drop of a hat. 
while the judge allowed the state to use Armstrong's att attempted escape from earlier this month as part of their case. Any charges stemming from that incident are not part of this murder trial. A reminder, there is a gag order on the case, so neither side can speak outside the courtroom until the trial is over. Brett, Daniel. All right, Brianna Hollis, thank you very much for that. And turning now to the Christopher Taylor trial. Another one folks are talking about here in town. Let's get out to Grace Reader. Grace, has the state rested its case? They have. After a week and a half here, the state has now rested, which means the defense has taken over. A quick reminder, though, that just like you heard in the Caitlin Armstrong trial, we typically present that opening statements happen all at once at the very beginning. But the defense can also reserve its opening statement, and that is what that's what has happened here. So after the state rested its case midday today, we heard really for the first time what the defense plans to present to the jury. They told the jury they're going to bring forward additional police officers who were on scene with Christopher Taylor, show a dash cam video that the state did not show, and bring forward additional experts to talk about training and the scene. When we ask the questions that you need to hear, and you get those answers, we're confident that you will determine that Chris Taylor's actions were reasonable given what he was perceiving in the seconds before he had to take the shot. Thank you very much. The state's final witness this morning was a national use of force expert. He was cross-examined by the defense for more than two hours this morning. The defense brought forward three witnesses this afternoon after their opening statement. All Austin police officers were going to detail their testimony for you tonight on KXAN News at 6. Back to you. All right, Grace, thank you very much. And another trial that we are covering today is the murder for hire trial for former Austin car dealer Eric Mond. We have that for you over at KXAN.com along with any other trial coverage that you may have missed. Okay, well, the Halloween hangover is here. <laughs> Everybody's still trying to come down from all the sugar. At <laughs> Too least, much candy. <laughs> as, at least at our house. My More son. candy today is the answer, oh, my, by the no, way. Did no. you guys have fun? <laughs> we had a blast. Probably too much fun. Our little kids, wow. They they needed to brush their teeth after <laughs> last night. <laughs> and the weather felt like the holidays, didn't it? Oh, I'm, my goodness. It feels like they're right around the corner now. Yeah, I mean, it was really cold last night. Tonight, I think, is even chillier. Let me take you to the, uh, the uh, actual observed low temperatures this morning. Not yet a wide spread freeze thanks to north winds that kept blowing and keeping temperatures from totally bottoming out. We only hit 41 this morning in Austin. We did have a few isolated freezing cold temperatures, some of the first of the season in the hill country. Tonight, though, could be different. Right now, it is just as chilly as yesterday, maybe even colder in some areas. Sunshine, but only 59 degrees on the Whittlesea Landscape Supply Cam in southeast Austin. We still have this light northeast wind keeping temperatures cool even as the sun is shining. But overnight tonight, the wind dies out and the temperatures plummet. I'll show you where to expect a freeze, then a big warm-up coming next. David, thank you so much. Today, hundreds of foreign nationals and critically injured civilians flooded through the Rafah border crossing from Gaza into Egypt. They are the first to make it out since the start of Israel's war with Hamas. Fewer than 10 Americans are among the evacuees. And this comes amid growing outrage over an Israeli airstrike that hit parts of a refugee camp in northern Gaza. Israel acknowledges it carried out a significant strike in order to target and kill a senior Hamas leader. And as Israel presses its ground forces deeper into Gaza, 
The White House continues to push for more military aid to Israel. Part of a $105 billion package that includes money for Ukraine, Taiwan, and the U.S. southern border. A Cornell University student charged with making anti-Semitic threats on campus appeared in court today. Police arrested 21-year-old Patrick Dye yesterday after they say he threatened to, quote, shoot up a campus building in an online discussion board on Sunday. The building he referenced is a largely kosher cafeteria located next to the campus Jewish Center. Dye also threatened to slit the throat of Jewish men and sexually assault or throw off a cliff any Jewish women he encountered on campus. Dye admitted making the threats after investigators traced them back to his IP address. If convicted, he faces a maximum of five years in prison and a $250,000 fine. The search for a driver involved in a deadly crash here in Austin. What to do if you see this car? Plus the demolition of the house four Idaho college students were murdered in, delayed again. Why the FBI needs some more time inside. And how to donate all that extra Halloween candy to those who need a little sweetness in their lives. The Department of Public Safety is asking for help finding a car that had been racing before a deadly crash in northwest Austin last month. I'll take a look. This is the car that they are looking for. It's a black BMW. DPS says the BMW and a Tesla were racing and driving recklessly, causing the Tesla to crash near the intersection of West Palmer Lane and McNeil Drive. The Tesla driver died. This happened around 3.30 in the afternoon on Sunday, October 22nd. Now, if you were in that area and you saw anything or you know who drives the BMW, please call DPS. FBI investigators are taking another look inside the Idaho home where four college students were stabbed to death last November. The owner gave the house to the University of Idaho after those murders. The university then decided to tear it down, but it is being delayed due to the ongoing investigation. They're gathering information to build visual and audio exhibits and a physical model of the home in preparation for the upcoming trial of the murder suspect, Brian Koberger. Well, the clock is ticking in Governor Abbott's third special session this year. What the House wants to do to get things resolved quickly. And after a wet October with more than seven inches of rain last month in Austin, it has been a dry, sunny start to the new month today. Lake levels steady after recent rises from the rain. We'll have your first warning forecast and the start of our Friendsgiving challenge after this. Well, time is running out on Texas' third special session with major priorities still unresolved. The House is expected to unveil a new bill tonight dedicating millions of dollars to school funding, teacher pay, and the governor's priority of private education subsidies. Our Ryan Chandler has a look into the tense political problems still ahead. We are on track uh, to ensure there will not be another special session. Six days to go, countless voices at the table. Governor Abbott touting a compromise plan for public and private education. Every school, every school district, uh, every parent, every student will benefit uh, because of the plan that we are working to get passed. The governor projected confidence at the mansion today that they can complete an ambitious list for both education savings accounts and public school funding. But just across the street in the legislature, some key Republican votes are less convinced. About two dozen Republicans are still adamantly against any voucher-like plan, and time may be on their side. Still on the to-do list, ESAs, school finance, teacher pay, teacher retention, star testing, special education, virtual instruction, all while staying under the budget limits. And even lawmakers haven't seen the bill yet. I'm optimistic we can get it done. Some in the Senate willing to take whatever they can, 
to send ESAs and teacher pay raises to the governor. We're for both, but if they get put in one bill, that's great, just so we get it done. The governor and school leaders hoping to emerge unharmed. A win-win for everybody. Ryan. As Ryan Chandler reporting, the House is going to head into session anytime now. Some expect leadership to rush through a bill, but when it comes to legislation, more pages, more problems as the clock ticks down on this third special session. It is November 1st, and that means spooky season is over and the holiday season. Yes, the holidays are right around the corner. And today we know more about Rockefeller Plaza's iconic tree. It's from Vestal, New York. That's upstate New York. The 12-ton, 80-foot-tall Norway spruce was donated by the McKinley family. I know, it's gorgeous. And it is believed to be about 80 years old. The tree will be cut next Thursday and will arrive in Manhattan by that weekend. It will be decorated with more than 50,000 multicolored, energy-efficient LED lights and crowned with a 9-foot, 900-pound Swarovski star with more than 3 million crystals. And here's the thing, it will be lit on live TV, of course, on November 29th at 7 p.m. right here on KXAN. Uh. Yes, it's coming up. And <laughs> I've already seen one neighbor with the Christmas lights. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, you, you, saw, you said you saw some trees uh, setting yeah, up. They're to setting soul, up, right? to, yeah, they're setting up the whole little shop down the street. So. Okay. I don't know where know where y'all fall on this. Is it too early? <laughs> when is too early, right? I think it's too early. <laughs> Your tree's going to die. Before we get to Christmas, though, we got another holiday yes, coming up. It is do. Thanksgiving, and guys, this is a big time of year for the weather team. KXAN's Friendsgiving Challenge is back for the third year. So grab your phone, scan the QR code, or go to kxan.com slash friendsgiving to participate all through November up through Thanksgiving. Your favorite morning and evening meteorologists are competing head to head <laughs> to see who can raise more money for the Central Texas Food Bank. Now, of course, I would love support for Team David, but if you have to support Kristen, that's fine too. We're going for a repeat title this year, although we're tied over the past two years. And did you know, just as little as a $10 donation can feed a family for a whole month. We really appreciate you helping out with your generosity. Makes a big difference. And most importantly, guys, whatever Kristen Curry says about me over the next month, <laughs> it is not true. It's not true. Okay, <laughs> remember that at home. She's, she says some bad things this time of year to, to win. Uh, okay, let's go outside. It feels like winter out there. Sunny skies, but nice, cool temperatures. This is 15 degrees cooler than normal for November 1st. 60 at the Wildflower Center. Upper 50s elsewhere. 59 in Georgetown and 58 in Rockdale. I just got chills looking at that map. Uh, pollen count looking pretty easy here. We do have one more addition to the pollen count today, but everything's still low. Mold, ragweed, and fall elm. Fall elm is trending in the lower direction. We still have clear skies, still have dry, cold air sitting right on us. And actually tonight, the high pressure, which is kind of the center of that cold air mass, is not over Oklahoma. It is right over central Texas. This, I think, is going to lead to colder temperatures because of the lighter winds compared to last night. With that said, National Weather Service saying we may still not see a totally widespread freeze. And I do agree, at least for us in central Austin, a freeze warning is in effect overnight tonight, starting at 2 a.m., just for Lampasas and Milam counties. In those areas, we certainly want to protect the four P's, including pets, pipes, plants, and people. But let me show you in a moment here why I think more of us may consider protecting the four P's than just those two counties. Outside of Austin tonight, I think we'll see a fairly widespread freeze due to the lighter winds. Last night, the north winds kept blowing all night, which kept Austin at 40 degrees. Tonight, by 10 p.m., I think we're well down in the 40s. And by tomorrow morning, we could be five or six degrees cooler than last night just due to the dying wind speed. This not quite shown as well as I'd like 
like here means a lot of our suburbs and a lot of the colder rural areas west and especially east of the interstate could actually see their first freeze of the season. So be ready tonight. Tomorrow afternoon, though, no more freeze talk. Finally, we'll start a warm up as winds swing back around to the southeast. Middle upper 60s tomorrow, and you think that's warm. How about 76 back to normal on Friday and 80 degrees or better both days for your coming weekday plans, weekend plans rather. That includes this big Texas home football game at 11 a.m. Saturday, taking on Kansas State. It'll be wonderful. Partly cloudy, breezy south winds for the kickers and quarterbacks. Kickoff temperatures at 71 and then again heading for 80 later in the day. Tonight's forecast, a light freeze is pretty likely in the colder suburbs. In the middle of town, though, not a freeze. 35 degrees under calm winds and clear skies. Tomorrow, a few clouds drift in late in the day. Southeast winds start the warming trend with high temperatures hitting 68 degrees. The days get a lot warmer and so do the nights. By tomorrow night, we're hardly below 50. By the weekend, we're talking about lows near 60. This weekend, don't forget to fall back those clocks an hour Saturday night as daylight saving time comes to an end. As we enjoy that extra hour of sleep, temperatures keep surging to near records. Next Tuesday, 87 would be just shy of the 89 degree daily record. A weak cool front moves in thereafter, still not producing any rain, but dropping temperatures slightly. Hey, at 6 o'clock, I'll show you a change in our 8 to 14 day outlook. We'll be right back. Tonight on News Nation, the one and only Bill O'Reilly joins Chris live. His views on progressive attitudes towards Israel at war and what a potential ceasefire would really mean for Hamas. Tonight on Cuomo, then the latest on former President Donald Trump's fiery civil fraud trial. Details from inside the New York courtroom as his son is next to take the stand. Tonight on Dan Abrams Live. Tune in at 9, 8 central only on News Nation. To find News Nation, go to joinnn.com. Right now, a jury weighs in on the way real estate commissions are paid, the potential impact for sellers and buyers, and the details emerging of an airline pilot charged with threatening a plane's captain with a gun when we see you back here for Nightly News. Well, it's time once again to share stories of inspiring women here in Central Texas, and we need your help. And we know there are so many. So come on, tell us about the remarkable women in your life. You can go to KXAN.com to nominate someone from your community. Look for the Remarkable Women tab on our front page, or just point your smartphone camera at the QR code on your screen. It will lead you to the nomination page. We are taking nominations through the last day of November. We'll pick four finalists and feature their stories here on KXAN. And then our local winner will travel to Los Angeles, where the National Remarkable Women winner will be chosen. Well, as you sort through all of that Halloween candy you or your kids may have gotten, maybe mm. some of them aren't your favorite, or maybe you just know you're not going to eat all of it. Well, we can help with all that. Our digital reporter, Kelsey Thompson, compiled a list on our website of local and national organizations that will take your candy. Uh, many of the groups give them to hospitals or send them overseas to our troops. Just search Halloween candy donations over on KXAN.com. Okay, so maybe you watched last night. The Texas Rangers are now one game from becoming World Series champs. Last night, Texas handed Arizona another loss with a score of 11-7. to And tonight, we'll see a rematch of both team starters from Game 1. Game 5 is in Phoenix. First pitch is coming up at 7.03. Tonight on Primetime at 7, it's Quantum Leap, followed by Magnum PI at 8 and Chicago PD at 9. Then we're back with KXAN News at 10. Or you can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 over on CW Austin. Here is where to find us.